This is the European Tours Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the European Tours Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton with me, Kirsty Gallagher. Today we're at the rather stunning Hilton Munich Park Hotel ahead of the BMW International Open with something of a treat for you loyal listeners. Now, usually Life on Tour features an in-depth chat with a key figure from the world of golf. So far, we've sat down in conversation with some of the great and the good from the European Tour, including Justin Rose, Patrick Harrington, Ian Poulter, Tommy Fleetwood... Thomas Bjorn, Eddie Pepperell, plus many, many more. But today we're going to be speaking to not one person, but four people. But before I tell you how it's all going to work, let me introduce you to our guests. So firstly, we have the current European Tour player and winner of the 2017 Made in Denmark, Julian Suri. Julian, welcome. Another European uh, two-time champion, Sky Sports commentator, Jamie Spence. Uh, Jamie, welcome. And Michael McEwen, journalist, for Bunkered Golf Magazine. And also, I'm delighted to say that we're joined here by two-time major winner, Martin Keimer. Martin, welcome. So, guys, welcome to all of you. Thank you for being here this evening. Uh, Martin, let's start with you. We know you haven't got very long because you've got to get ready for a big event, your home event tomorrow. Um, you've enjoyed some strong results recently. So where do you feel your game is at going into this, this weekend? Well, I've been playing fine pretty much since March, April, but the results didn't really show. And then I, I was so focused on the results. Um, I noticed the last four or five weeks that if you focus more on, on the little steps, on the progress, then the good results will follow anyways. I was more focusing on, on the big target instead of seeing the little things in between. And that added a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure on my game. And I was quite disappointed after um, after certain tournament days and then after certain tournament weeks where I finished and where I thought I was supposed to be in yeah. the rankings and it was very frustrating and then I just needed to change a few things in my, in my way of approaching the golf tournaments um, and it's more like a mental approach the mental change had to, had to be done and, um, and that was the main reason why the last few weeks I played the results became a little bit better the way, of, the way I play golf is very similar um, but the results as an athlete is obviously the most important. Mm. No one really cares if you work hard and if you get unlucky or not. I mean, if you shoot 80, you shoot 80. I mean, no one cares. And um, it was important for me to approach it in a different way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk to you about the mental approach in the minute because that's one of our topics tonight. Uh, so I've introduced our guests now. We're going to talk further in the minute, Martin. Let me tell you how this is going to work, all right? So our panel will discuss five different areas of the golfing game. So we've got the mental approach, driving, iron play, short game and putting as well. Each of you will come up uh, with who they think is the standout player in that category. So you have to start thinking about this. Um, Jamie's got his list. At the end of each topic, the guests will hopefully come to a consensus and they're going to pick one player for each section, in turn building the ultimate golfer. That's what we want at the end of this, the ultimate golfer with all those components. Uh, the chosen names will go into, uh, onto the whiteboard behind me um, and Ross will be jotting those down, won't you? which is wonderful. And so we'll see how it's forming, this golfer, the ultimate. Uh, and for those of you just listening to the podcast, you can't see the whiteboard, I know, but you just need to imagine it uh, and imagine the names. Maybe jot them down while uh, you're listening. Um, also, it's very important to note, panel, uh, that you can't repeat the name of players uh, for multiple sections. For example, you can't pick Rory McIlroy for both driving and iron play. 
So it's just one or the other. Uh, he can only be picked for one topic. And um, a quick reminder to subscribe. You can listen to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. It's available on Acast, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio on demand. So please do. Right. Are we ready for the first topic? So we are going to talk about the mental approach. You have touched upon it already. Um, Martin, you are famed for having that great mental approach. You do look into it. You've done work, haven't you, on your, your mental game. Just give us an insight, though, if we're looking at this wider how do, you, how do you work mentally on that and how important is that? I think mentally is such a big word, you know, for that very... I think it's too much if you approach it, I need to work on my mental game. I think it's more about what kind of little parts are the mental game. So how much calmness can you create during a round of golf? How much calmness can you create in stress situations? Um, and how much belief, well, how much belief can you rely on um, through past experiences. Mm. So it's a lot about experiences and reflecting in, on how you felt in those radical situations that I faced at certain times in my career to understand why you, why you behaved or why you act a certain way, how it felt internally. Externally is, is very different, but internally, how did you deal with the situations? And for me, it was always the best way to be ready for any situation on the golf course to have as much calmness as possible. So how do you create the calmness? Everybody creates it different um, through meditation, through sleep, through music, walking in the park, having different thoughts, breathing, whatever it is. So you need to find your own way, calm yourself down and try to be in the moment. And it was for me, I think the biggest advantage that I had at the Ryder Cup in 2012 mm. I was really enjoying that moment. I was not stressed out about it. And there was natural, that feeling. You can't force yourself into a certain mo um, mode or mood that you want to have in that situation. It's, it's too much. So, and I was very fortunate and very, very lucky to have those natural, authentic thoughts of joy. So to be in that position, every child when they're on the putting green are dreaming of. That was my moment. So I got that gift and I received it and I was trying my very best to make it to the ultimate joy that you can create for yourself. And I think, again, I think it was very lucky that I was so aware of that moment, of that pressure moment, of the ultimate that we golfers, as a European or American, can ever, yeah, can ever imagine. But you capitalised on that, you see, and that's the thing. Some players, they wouldn't maybe handle it quite so well. Jamie, would you agree with that? I, mean, do you, I would agree with can that, you, yeah. Can you understand what Martin said? Well, he was the calmest one there. I think everybody else around <laughs> that agreed. You were calm, yeah. I think they were, yeah. But everyone else was shaking, but you weren't. You were, you were in the moment. You were just, as you say, you, you said you, how much you enjoyed it and uh, how you reveled it. But I'd like to ask, who, who do you admire uh, in the past for their capacity to get the job done on the golf course? I don't think you can admire anyone because you don't know what they feel, what they think, what they, mm. what they go through. You can only look and imagine. We're guessing. We're guessing, aren't we? Well, it has to be Tiger, obviously. Yeah. You know, he was the ultimate. And you could see it a few, week, a few weeks, a couple of months back. That is a situation where he feels the most comfortable, mm. to be in the lead. So that's why he wins. You know, that is probably for the first time again for whatever... Eight years or nine years, I don't know the last time he won a major. Yes, 2008. Yeah, well, he, he won the FedEx Cup yeah, but um, year. last year. So it was so interesting to see his attitude 
that I imagine he would have in that moment mm. going to the final round. Mm. That is where I belong. That is where I used to be almost every week. So he's not going to screw up. And that mentality, belief, comes only from experience. Mm. Most players will never experience because most players will not win a major, will not be in those situations that he has been in. So that's a huge advantage. Julian, what's your mental approach? I think the key thing that Martin touched on was how personal it is and how you have to reflect and constantly reflecting over after every round, um, after every tournament, after every stretch of weeks. And uh, for me, I'm, I have a lot less probably on-course experience than Martin does in some of the big tournaments and the big situations. But my always my goal, and not just in the mental game or whatever, mm. but uh, in any aspect of the game, is to, to try to keep making progress every day every you know in, a, in any fashion I can um, and it's such a personal thing it it's related to the player's personality it's related to things going on off the course all that is it's all encompassing um, so you know I you you want to be the most comfortable out on the golf course competing that you possibly can be and based on somebody's personality that's what they need to sort of channel and tune into um, for me I enjoy sort of taking chances I, I enjoy taking maybe what some would deem risks but um but that's why i love to compete and that's why i love this game and that's why i love sports in general because i feel like that can pay off and that's what makes it i just wanted to ask you as well as sportsmen you you are very aware of your mental state and going into the you know that day that of that tournament but if you're not feeling quite right how do you sort of channel that and and if you've got a mental approach how do you sort of uh, harness it i suppose because there must be days you get up and think, I, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it today. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously we're all human and, and you know, nobody's, nobody's perfect every day. And uh, looking back, you try to reflect on what, what caused those negative vibes. But in that moment, you got you to gotta go grind it out. And for me, I consider myself a bit of a, a grinder and a, and a fighter. And, you know, you hit some crappy shots and you got to go and get it. You know, golf's a game of misses. You're not going to hit perfect shots. Um, or you're not going to play a perfect round. You're going to hit very few shots that come off 100% the way you want to. And so it's all, a lot of it is just managing it and just managing it the best. And um, from my somewhat limited experience from playing with top players, that's what they do very, very well. Mm. We're also joined here by Michael McHugh and Jenis for Bunkered at Golf Magazine. And Mike, we've, we've already mentioned Tiger as somebody who is strong mentally, I mean, with what he's dealt with and, and, you know, winning another major recently at Augusta. Who else have you written about? Who else would you, would you say is up there for you? More recently, um, the name that comes to mind is Brooks Kepka. Yeah. You look at that guy and you hear a lot of golfers talk about wanting to peak four times a year and it sounds very easy when you say it, but the reality is that's very difficult to achieve. He seems to be achieving it all the time and he's, he's bringing his best when it matters most to the biggest events. You know, I, I laugh when people say you know, he's, oh, he's only won a couple of times in the PGA Tour in regular events. It's like, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. You know, he's winning the events that's going to define him that people are going to remember him by. I mean, who amongst us can say how many times Jack Nicholas won the, West, the Greater Western Open or the Great Greensburg Classic? You know, those aren't the events that count, or they do count, but they don't define who you are as a golfer. It's the majors that do it, and mm. Brooks has channeled that. I find when he, he spoke recently about saying, you know, he looks at a major field, there's 156 guys, I could discount 80 of them straight away. I mean, th- th- your first instinct is, that's, that's kind of disrespectful. I'm, I'm not sure how you guys feel when you, when you hear him say that. 
Um, maybe you feel it yourself, but when you, to actually say it, I thought was quite remarkable. Um, it shows where he has, where he is in terms of his confidence, in terms of his belief, just in terms of his overall capacity to produce the goods mm-hmm. when it's really at its most important. Mm. He's, he's an absolutely uh, incredible guy to, to watch for so many reasons, but particularly his demeanour. You couldn't tell if he was five under or five over, the way, yeah. the way he goes about the course. Same is true of Dustin Johnson, but I think that Brooks channels the, the need to win maybe a little bit harder, and he uses that chip in his shoulder, the people writing him off, to produce incredible results. Yeah, he's got strength, hasn't he? Right, let's, let's think about some names then. Who are you going to go for, for the mental approach? Who, who can, can you say? It's we... easy. Go it's on easy. then, it's who is it? It's Jack Nicholas or Bernard Langer. It's pretty simple for me. Is it? It's got to be. Which I mean, one but, is it? Well, they're both Germanic descent. Could be Martin as well, because he has that same demeanour. But G- Bernard's been through so much. It's a compliment. His... <laughs> Bernard's been through so much with his putting in particular, and he's still competing now and winning all the time on the Champions Tour. So it's a good and, one, and, yeah. I t- I t- when he, 1991, uh, Kiwa Island, when he missed that putt, and he came back the next week, German Masters, and he won. Now, that for me, I played in that event, and I went, I think we all went, wow. Mm. To come mm. back and do that after yeah. that disappointment was incredible. So for me, it's either Bernard or Jack. And I, I, the fact that I haven't got Jack in any other category, I've got to go with Jack Nicholas, greatest golfer. You're going to go for Jack? The greatest golfer of all time, yeah. So we're at this point just putting them in the, the mix here. So Julian, you're going for Jack there, Jack. Jamie. Julian, who, who are you going for? Who's your ultimate, would you say? You can't argue with that, come on. Yeah, I can. Are you going to argue? For me, it's got to be Tiger. I think, you know, if you look at the individual, the way you guys broke down the parts of the game, and I mean, he's a hell of an iron player and he made awesome putts, but I don't think there's one aspect of the, of the physical part of the game that made him so great. I, it was upstairs where he put it all together and, um, and continues to do so, even though he's not physically the same player that he was 15 whatever years ago. So he, he's got my vote. I, don't, I think he doesn't have as many majors as Jack, and he may, may or not get there. Who knows? But I don't think anybody has... Um, I wasn't alive in your time, but uh, <laughs> what a shame! I don't think I don't think anybody has uh, as sort of he was cap- good <laughs> captivated the world of golf the way he has. Brilliant! So you're going for Tiger, Michael? See, I want to go with Tiger, but I also want to use him elsewhere. Yes, that's what I was wondering. So... This is what we want. You see, <laughs> jeopardy in there. Come on, who are you going to go for? I'm. Oh, geez. You know what? I'm going to stick by my guns. I'm going to go with Brooks. Yes, yep. do it, Brooks Kepka. He's only won, was it four majors so far? He's only. 29. I know. Let's see where he is in 10 years' time. The talk is already starting that he could get to 18. I've, I've seen the, the odds come out this week mm. already. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Bruce. He's got a long way to go for that, Michael. He's got a long, <laughs> way, a long way to go. Jamie. A long time. way to go. Martin? Martin, you've got the casting vote, Jack. <laughs> no, I go with Gary Player. Oh, Gary Player? Yeah. I mean, I got to know him over the last uh, four or five years a little bit, which was very lucky. You know, I spent a little time time with him talked to him about his experiences um, he gave me some advice on a few things and what he went through you know coming obviously from South Africa traveling to America um, with that financial background I mean we can't really compare it to us anymore this would be ridiculous um, and fighting those battles every week um, in a di- on a different continent mm. and the way he did it um, and, the ma- and the man that he became through his mental attitude on the golf course is, is for me very impressive. OK, so we've got a problem here because we've got four different players. We need to find, you've got to decide. So we've got, 
we've got Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, uh, Brooks Kepka, Gary Player. You've got to decide. I mean, it doesn't sound like we have a choice. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> because it's a good point. Would you? You can only use one for each different topic. So, would there be any of those players, for example, Tiger, that you would rather use elsewhere, or Brooks? Uh, you know, I would definitely use Tiger elsewhere. Okay, I'm pretty clear in my mind on right. where he fits. So, how are we gonna? How, how are we gonna go about this? Jamie as well. I mean, uh, I, I've Gary on my strength of mind or tactical. I had Gary Player down as well as, yes. a, as an honourable. Well, he's mention. renowned, isn't he? For as not, an honourable not mention, just a... but I still I haven't got. I don't think you could say Jack Nicklaus is the greatest short game or putter. Or mm-hmm. I don't know whether he comes into all those categories. So to leave Jack out of this for me mm-hmm. would be wrong. Right. That's, so it's between the two mind. greats, Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus. Julian, what would be your thoughts on this? Who, who would you go for? How do you choose between those two? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I admire both of them so much. Um, I guess you can't leave Jack Nicholas off of that. You're right, he's winning this one, Martin. <laughs> Jamie's thrilled. 1-0. And, Michael, I think you'd agree with that too. It doesn't look like I've got a choice, okay. really. <laughs> no, you can fight. No, no, I think, um, look, 18 majors kind of speaks for itself. You don't get to 18 and have, what is it, 22 runner-up finishes without having a a lot of mental fortitude, so yes. yeah, we'll go with that. OK, Jack Nicholas, you won on that one. Well done. Jamie right, Ross, Jamie. would you yeah, like brainer. to scribble that on the board? Right, there we are. Mental approach, first topic, Jack Nicholas, the great Jack Nicholas. Brilliant. Right, on to topic two, driving. OK, who wants to kick us off I'll on this? Off. How... <laughs> well, these are my How two important. topics. You can put the name up. These are my two topics. Just put it up already, yeah. Go on. Greg Norman. 100%. But you go with guys that we never played with. I know, no. I mean, no, no. you got to go with guys well, that we... Well, golf was played before, you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. It's an old, <laughs> it's an old game, but <laughs> we, we could never agree with you. our audience was alive? And Greg Norman, Greg Norman was 331 oh. days at world number one. He led all four majors in 1986. He played 63 round Turnbury in the wind. Tom Watson says the greatest round of golf he's ever seen in competitive golf. The guy used to hit with a wooden piece of wood on the end of a stick <laughs> and hit it 300 yards. But this is Kirsty's work, usually, all those facts. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He was the great... He is the greatest driver, in my opinion, of all time. And I've asked quite a few older guys, caddies, whatever, and that's what they say. And I... I, He is number one for me. I know you guys are going to bring up other guys. At least he did his homework. You've got to... Very well, Greg Norman was a phenomenal driver of the ball. He hit the ball 300 yards with a piece of wood on the end of a little bit of metal stick. (laughs) He, he was just incredible. You forget how great uh, he was. He, and he was so unlucky not to win more majors than the two that he won as well. So okay. I'm very passionate about Greg Norman. I hand it over to my colleagues here to my left. Well, Martin, let's get your thoughts on the importance of driving and, you know, in this modern game. I mean, we, we're looking back a bit here with regards to Greg Norman, but now it's come on the technology and how it's changed is huge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the game of golf has changed a lot the last five years. You know, the way I learned how to play golf was not about hitting it long. You're going to hit it longer anyways when you grow up. It was always sentences that I heard when I was younger, just hitting fairways, hitting the irons or the distance control, small targets like golf courses um, like last week, Pebble mm. Beach, Valderrama, those golf courses, the golf courses, they were the ones that you should play well. But now, obviously, especially when you play on the PGA Tour, hit it 330 yards, approximately in that direction, um, and putt well. So that has changed a lot. Um, so for me, the ultimate guy in driving would be Adam Scott. Um, Adam Scott, yeah. okay. That would okay. be my guy. Very good pick, interesting. 
Another Australian. Two Australians, though, yeah, I was about to say. This is interesting, yeah. Um, Julian. Uh, yeah, I mean, driving is a huge part of the game. I think we've seen it, it can win a lot of majors now. Um, and I think the best example of that for me is Brooks. Um, you know, maybe personally, I, he hits a fade. I like to hit a fade, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's probably been the biggest key to his success mm. in the last few years. And, and so I'd Brooks go. Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Do you feel that now, nowadays, because of these changes in technology and if you are short, short off the tee, you, you have a major disadvantage to, compared to these guys, Dustin Johnson, you know, Brooks, Rory McIlroy. Me? Not you, but would you say in the game I, as a whole? Yeah, but I also think uh, driving it long is a skill and it, it can be learned early on. And it, if it's not, then it, you're, you're behind the eight ball. Um, yeah, but driving, the used to be, game. driving used to be really difficult. Trust me, it was difficult. No, oh, yeah, I know. You had a small-headed club. It was a difficult thing to, to, to manage. But nowadays, the clubs are so big, it's very difficult to pick out. There's so many guys hit the ball over 300 yards now, which is incredible to me. But back in the day, driving was a difficult thing to do. You had to work well, at it. Jamie, really we hard. need to move on. I know we need no, to we... move on, but we still need to, <laughs> we need to respect <laughs> the great players that have been. That's all I'm saying. But it's the very... No. The ball? Not really, no. <laughs> no. It was difficult. No. It was difficult. It was difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's not... I don't think it's difficult now. I see everyone on the range. They just smash it through everybody. Do you think the guys have got it easier now? Definitely, with the, with the equipment well, at the moment. Not, yeah. They've got it more difficult in some ways because the courses are so long and the people... When you watch on TV, it looks easy. It's not easy. These guys make it look very easy, I can't say. Yeah. Michael, your thoughts on who is the best driver of the ball? Uh, funnily enough, I agree with Jamie. Not because I have to, uh, but Greg Norman was um, one of the reasons that I got into golf in the first instance. My dad was a huge Greg Norman fan, um, and I remember he would sit me down when I was younger, sort of in Greg's heyday, and we had to just watch and admire and the thing that struck me the most was just how far he could hit the ball. You know, he was, I've seen the footage since of that 63 that Jamie mentioned uh, at Turnbury, and it's like a clinic. Mm. You know, the, the control and the wind, his trajectory control, his distance control, just absolutely awesome. Um, I still wonder how he didn't win more majors. Yeah, um, I think everyone did. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why he's not in the mental approach part of it. Is how would he get on with the modern equipment? Yeah, you have to wonder. We don't know that. That's the same with Nick Faldo or these other guys, had these great mm. players in the past. How would they cope with the modern game? Mm. Uh, that is a question we don't know. Mm. Yeah, but for me, absolutely no question about it. He's the number okay. one. Right, so that means Greg Norman's won that one. Are you happy with that, Martin? We've got two votes for Greg. <laughs> Whatever Jamie says. I'm yeah. Whatever Jamie... <laughs> That's it, boss. I'm done now. <laughs> it's democracy, isn't it? Julian, do you agree? Would, would you... Sure. Do you have a problem with Greg Norman? <laughs> I do not have... Winning this <laughs> I have no beef I've got to ask Greg you this. <laughs> I don't want any uh, fits at the end. I know driver of the golf fault now. We'll see how it all looks up there on the board. Ross, do you want to get the name up there? Greg Norman, the great white shark. So there he is, driving Greg Norman. OK, fantastic. Right, we're on to iron play. Who wants to kick off on this? This Julian, do you fancy a bit of iron play here? Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> iron play. You know, there's... Uh, you're going to say Johnny Miller, probably? I was thinking of Johnny Miller. I'll go with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, with, with ben, ben Hogan, I think. <laughs> Even older than you. That is older than me. Uh, Have you got any more modern golfers? <laughs> you're going to be surprised at my pick here. He's, OK, so yeah. it's very much the opposite to Johnny Miller. Possibly. Well, I mean, yeah. I thought Ben Hogan was always like the epitome of ball striking, and since he didn't get the driving nod from Jamie, 
I feel like I should nominate him <laughs> first off for irons. Um, you know, he was just a machine he, when he was... So Hogan. Yeah, at that U.S. Open at Cherry Hills, he was God knows how old, and he still was right there. If he, if he could putt, he would have ran away with that thing. So um, I think he's got my vote. Martin, what do you think of Ben Hogan as the, an iron oh, I think it, they pick? I mean, it's just stories what we hear. True. We've never seen it. So You've not been looking at your archives. <laughs> Not recently. But it's, it wouldn't be fair to the other. Obviously, he was one of the best ball strikers. We, we get it. But I, I was never there to witness it. I, I can only go with guys that I've seen. Um, and I would say the best iron player, I'm a little bit between Sergio and Colin Montgomery. Because Colin Montgomery, his distance control was amazing. And that is so difficult to do. You know, you can hit great irons, you can control the trajectories, but the distance control is so important. So I would go with my ex-captain. <laughs> so it's Colin Montgomery? Yes, for me it's Colin. I like this. We've got another name in the mix. Unexpected, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. I like your thoughts on this. Michael? There's a reason I didn't want Tiger for mental, and I think it's, he fits perfectly in here. Um, I saw a stat a couple of weeks ago that since 2006 on the PGA Tour, strokes gained, approach the green. Tiger's been number one in that category six times. The seven times that he wasn't was because he didn't play enough rounds to meet the criteria for having a, a, a ranking on it. If he did, he would probably be number one those times as well. I think that says everything you need to know, especially when you consider some of the places he put the ball off the tee, you know, to leave himself some of the, the crazy approaches in that he did. And you have to be a, not just a, a, a great shot maker, but great with your irons to do it. So, yeah. It's Woods. It's Tiger for me. It's Woods for the iron. Um, Jamie? This is the most difficult to this define. This is becoming quite eclectic, this. This is difficult to define this category because I think iron play sort of sort of goes over, it spans the whole length of time here. I mean, Hogan, how can you go against Hogan? And, and then you're right, Monty's, I agree with Martin, the distance control for the nine is key mm. with any club. Faldo had it as well. Nick used to make a four iron look like a wedge. Mm. He, was, he was brilliant. But so I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to go no. with Tiger. Are you going with Tiger? I'm going to go with Tiger because I, I had strokes gained written down here as well. I just think that period, I'm not talking recently, I'm talking about that period when 97, when he won by 12, um, the Masters and won by 15 at the... At Pebble Beach, his iron control was incredible. I think we've got to get him on the board. I think there's other people for the other categories. I just mm. think uh, it's a difficult one. Mm. I, it, I think Tiger. So we're going with. There. So that means Tiger has has won this category. Anybody massively against this? Martin? No, Jamie, we agree with you. Well, so, <laughs> if we were to sort of widen it and say bring other players into the mix that you respect their their iron play, who would it be? I'm just interested to. I'll give a guy, a young guy that kind of goes under the radar and I think he's going to do really well in the future is Jordan Smith. I think he's a very good iron player. He's got a beautiful swing, very nice rhythm, hits a lot of shots, not afraid to knock it down, fade it, draw it, whatever. Um, I Just as a sleeper pick, it's not going to get Jamie's vote again. Mm. I, I, could, I agree. I've watched Jordan a lot, followed him. He's a real talented player, good player, good ball mm. striker. And Martin, you mentioned Sergio Garcia earlier on. Yeah, Sergio and Lee Westwood also. Mm. You know, I played with him many times, a few times in the Ryder Cups. And that is so impressive, you know, the consistency of the ball contact. You know, he really barely hits thin or fat shots. And, you know, obviously we pull it and push it once in a while, but the contact is so consistent. And also, back in the day, Nick Doherty. Wow, amazing. I can, I can say, say that. No, I say you that. just got to work with him. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. I mean, I was so impressed when I played with him in Valderrama in 2007. I, I, my brother, he was kidding for me, and I thought, wow, imagine if I could hit the ball like him. Yeah. 
You do hit the ball like him. Your your distance control is. Yeah, but you so never he's putting himself down. He, he he's oh. up there. He's up there. Oh, yes, Martin's absolutely. up there with his distance control. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, he's putting himself. Yeah, yeah, he should be in there as well. He's in yeah. the mix. Yeah. So we've got a Ben Hogan, Colin Montgomery, two Tiger Woods, meaning that Tiger Woods has won this. So so far we've got mental approach. That's Jack Nicklaus driving. Is Greg Norman and Irons. Tiger Woods. It's not a bad player, is it, so far? <laughs> it's interesting. It's, the alternate player is pretty good. I, hope he can I know. Part. I hope he can <laughs> well, part. let's wait and see, shall we? We're nearly there. Yeah. Right, we're going to move on to topic four. It's the short game. Right, Jamie Spence, it's your moment. Well, you were renowned in your day for having a very good I, short I, I game. Ha- I had to have you a know good that, short guys? game. I had to have a good short game. But what, why? Because of your driving. <laughs> but I came out on tour and I could I could hardly a bunker shot. My bunker play was dreadful. Why? Because you didn't really need to be that good, to be honest with you. I was good in other aspects, yeah. but watching the great player, watching Tony Johnson, Gary Player, you mentioned, and Seve in the bunker, any Spaniard out of bunkers, I don't know what, I don't know what they do. They're all, all of them. They're absolutely brilliant, mm, aren't mm. they? All of them are brilliant, but Seve, for me, he could just, he was just a wizard around the green. Put him in. I mean, he, he didn't hit many greens, as Julian was saying. He wasn't noted for hitting fairways and greens, yeah. was he, Seve? But around the greens, my yeah. goodness, uh, he was brilliant. And you just watch him in the bunker do all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. and actually you go back in and I get in his footprints you know when he was playing you get in his footprints and go oh really? oh and, and actually after a while by getting someone's footprints and watching and by imitating you learn you yourself see how it goes you learn yeah. yourself and you become better and better and better so we well, don't need so, to give me your definitive yet I don't have to because that's all I'm going to talk about but, uh, right okay <laughs> um Julian what skill set do you need to prosper around the greens would you say what, what do you really need you know I, I think it's it's a combination of things. It's you need to uh, master the fundamental shots, technique, and um, but then obviously you need, like I said with Seve, you need to have the imagination, the creativity, and also the fearlessness, I guess, to be able to execute that under the gun. And then you have to, you know, kind of judge the situation, read the lie. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, so you know, it's it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. It's it's you know, there's you know, mental approach is regarded as a as a separate category in this thing, but I mean, there's so much mental approach, mental approach in every single mm. aspect of the game, um, and that doesn't even cover in between shots. So, you know, and, and outside of the round and everything, it's so yeah. And obviously, you need to practice and, and all that. Is the short game an area you enjoy? Yeah, honestly, I consider myself on a short list up there, but I'm not the most. <laughs> we can put you people, up there. So. We can yeah. absolutely do that. Um, yeah, no, I... I You're in I, the mix. Yeah, you're now in the mix. <laughs> I feel like I can get up and down with the best of them. Um, and that's a big part of the reason why I play pretty aggressively. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. We'll get your player in just a moment. Or maybe you could put yourself forward. Absolutely. Would you put yourself forward, Martin? Nope. So this isn't um, something that is your favourite aspect of the game? I mean... Necessarily. It's my weakest part of, of, of my game, I would say. I mean, I keep working on it. Why um, is that, do you think? I think my expectations are quite high because my driving is, is fairly solid, my iron game is very good and I expect myself to have all parts very good covered. And my short game is fine, but it's not as good as the others and that's why it's my weakness. Not bad, but I spend a lot of time on short game because I like it, it's an art, mm. and especially when you're in the bunker. There's so much, so many different ways to hit a bunker shot. And not many people, you know, they go into a bunker with a four iron or with a seven iron and try to hit different shots to see how you can hit 60, 70 yard bunker shots, which are incredibly difficult. 
But if you find the right club and you find the right technique, it's not that difficult anymore. You just need to play with um, with what you have in the back. You know, you have 14 clubs, so you can use them. And I, I really believe in um, creativity and the art of, of the short game, and that is mm-hmm. something I really enjoy. So my guy for, for the short game will be still... Um, I mean, I would love to say Sevi, but unfortunately I've never witnessed any of that. The stories, they were amazing. Um, but for me, it's uh, Ola Sabal. I played with him many times, and that for me, pure touch. I played a practice round with him in Augusta, and some of the chip shots I just can't do. Okay, yeah. You have to accept that. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. I just looked at him, and he says, Martin, certain things you can, certain yeah. things you can. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. So, and that is for me... If I feel like it takes me years to master that shot that he does on a regular basis, then I would pick that guy. Julian's loving this even more because he's playing with Jose Maria tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm this is I've never played with him before. So. We'll have a battle in short yeah. game. You'll love it. So you're focusing on his short game now, which yeah. is excellent. Um, before we get everybody's, you're going for Jose Maria Lathabal, yeah? Okay. Michael, your thoughts. It's interesting hearing the, the pros here, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, their, their sort of take on what you need to, yeah. to prosper, as I say, it's a good word for that, but how to, to, to make sure that you do capitalise on, on, on your game. Yeah, I think yeah. it's always interesting hearing the pros talk about any aspect of their game, but especially when it comes to short game, because I know it just feels like they're a little bit more expansive. It seems that there's a, a little bit more of a, an interest, uh, as you rightly said, Martin, lots of different ways to play the different shots. Um, you know, I feel like a bit of an imposter because my short game's absolutely <laughs> horrific. The you need of, to go and watch this game well, tomorrow. Well, yeah, it sounds clearly. like it. The amount of Julia edges and knife. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to watch the short game. Um, I always have admired seeing the way players think and seeing how creative they get. Um, Phil Mickelson's always been fantastic to watch um, in that respect. Some of the things he does, you would never, I wouldn't imagine, teach anyone to try and do. Um, we've all seen the flop shots. We all enjoy that. It's visually spectacular. But... Um, for me, uh, there's only one guy, again, that stands out. And Jamie mentioned him as uh, Sebi. Um, it feels like a gang-up, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you have to go with Sebi in short game, yeah. no matter what. I, I mean, so. you look at the stuff that he did. I mean, you said, Kirsty, you know, he was a bit of a magician. And Martin, you said there's an art to it. For me, yeah, he's, he's, are, yeah. he's a bit of both. He's got that artistry that he, he, he brought to these shots. Um, almost, in his, if you're to compare him to anyone... You'd say his compatriot Salvador, uh, Salvador Dali because some of the things he did were just so surreal. Who wants to hit that shot from in front of the wall? I mean, it's a surreal approach, but he executed it so brilliantly. He's an absolute artist to watch. So Sevi Ballesteros 100%. is yours. So two Spaniards at the moment. Julian, who are you going for? Uh, I mean, how do you argue? I can't argue against Sevi. You know, I mean, you know, I've played with guys in the last couple of years that have very nice short games. I really, I mean, you know, Thong Chai gets up and down from everywhere. <laughs> like literally everywhere inside of 70 yards, which is unreal for me to watch. But, um, I mean, just seeing all Golf Channel highlights and stuff of Seve, I mean, mm. he's, he's a legend, and that's, that's primarily why. Mm. And, Jamie, of course, you got so close. You, you, were, you played with him, you were friends with him. I wouldn't say I was friends with him, but I played with him. Yeah. I got close to getting the Ryder Cup team one year. And he came up to me telling me I was a champion and telling me I was this and telling me I was that. And I, I was suckered into it. I mean, I believed it. <laughs> it was an absolute load of rubbish. But he said, you are a great champion. You are this, you are that. And I, I said, oh, yeah, so big. you'd have run through a brick wall for him. He was just, yeah, such a great man. Um, but his short game got him out of so much trouble because he did find trouble off the tee. He did find trouble with the second shots. 
but he always got it. He, not only did he get it, look at it, Birkdale, when he first burst into the scene, those chips through the bunk. He just had everything around the green, chip and runs. He could hit up in the air, he could spin it, he could do everything. He was, he was just a magician. Yeah. So are you going for Seve as well? Has to be. It has so, to be, but yeah. he deserves it. So we had one vote for Jose Maria Olathabal from Martin and then three for Seve. So it's Seve, Ross, that you can put on the board. Let's think about other players as well we haven't mentioned. You feel bad not, don't you? Anybody else we can bring into the mix? Yeah, I think Rory is very good. Rory is very underrated in short game. Um, I think you put him in the category of short game also um, including putting. You know, obviously, putting might be his weakness, what people write, what maybe maybe he says about himself, I don't know. But in chipping, pitching, you know, he's a great, great touch around the greens. There would be one guy that I would I would choose, but also Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played with him at the US Open in 2014, the final round. He didn't play very well, but his short game, his pitches from that Bermuda grass, it's just yeah. so much confidence and the spin control, um, so those are the guys that I played with, which I always thought, wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We haven't mentioned Rory until now. You'd think that he would have been mentioned and we're going on to putting now, when, uh, our last category. Right, so we know that Seve Ballesteros has won that. Jack, Greg, Tiger and Seve. Wow, this golf is coming together nicely, isn't it? Pretty impressive, isn't it? Yes, I wonder which, who's going to make up this last component, putting. Um, who wants to start on the putting I think this will be quite competitive, this one. I think this will be quite a... An interesting one. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Who wants to kick off on, on putting? Jamie? Yeah, I'll kick off, yeah. Oh, well, I, no, I, you're I, looking at a clipboard, please. I, no, I had Seve down a game. You can't pick him twice, can you? I was just thinking, who would I want putting for me? And he, he came to my mind, but you can't, you can't have him. But, no, I mean, we can't I, have him twice. I think Crenshaw was a wonderful putter back in the day. So was Dave Stockton. Um, going back even further, you can go to Bobby Locke, this great South African. Tiger, obviously, uh, well... What a what a great putter! So, I agree with Michael here. You could you, there's so many different players that uh, we could pick. But what what makes a good putter though? Oh. <laughs> How long have we got? Well, yeah, um, we've got plenty of time. A great touch, someone who can adapt to all sorts of surfaces. Someone who's got you have to have great mental control. Has to be calm under pressure because it's when calm, the blood's yeah. pumping, you've got to calm down. You've got to control yourself. And trusting your line as well. Someone who reads the greens well. It's not just about mm. stroke. If you have a great stroke, but if you can't read the greens, you're useless. Mm. So uh, all the great putters can really read different grasses. And the way these guys travel around the world now, they play on all different surfaces from week to week to week, and they still putt great. Uh, so that's a great skill to, to, to have. Mm. So um, it's a lot more to it, just a stroke. You don't need to give me your golfer yet. You don't want me to give it to you? Not yet. yet. No. I haven't given you the I'd name I'd like yet. a nice surprise. Okay, I haven't given you the name yet, so that's good. No, good. Um, Julian, do you, do you enjoy putting? What's your putting like? Yeah, I think my putting has improved a lot. I think when I first came on tour, it was a pretty weak point, and throughout most of last year, it helped me back quite a bit, and, and uh, I was injured over the winter, and I spend a lot of time on my putting, and I think that's been probably the biggest improvement coming into this year. Um, so, yeah, I spent a lot of time on the greens. What, what changes did you make? I mean, were there any big changes that you made? Uh, yeah, I mean, slight mechanical ones, but so much of it is how you feel and how good you feel over putts. And, and uh, for me, a lot of it was uh, touch control, speed, and recognizing how line and speed are interrelated. Um, and then bringing that, sort of like Jamie said, week in and week out to different courses, different types of greens and different speeds and different types of contours and how greens break. Um, so, you know, I think that's, uh, it's all part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. Martin, putting. My boy, did I pick? Putting. No, not your pick. Oh, you don't want to pick. Putting, you, you, you and putting. 
How did you get on with putting, the putter? Well, my, my putting has also um, improved quite a lot over the last few weeks. I spent a lot of time on alignment, starting the ball online. Um, you know, a lot with mats, a lot with tees, putting through tees and stuff like that. Um, because we can all read putts fairly well, I think, through experience. Um, also knowing certain greens. You have some courses where you just understand the greens very well. Um, but it's so, it's so important to have the consistency in starting the putt online. I mean, you can read them as well as you want. If you don't start them online, it's useless. So I worked a lot on that. Um, that helped me a lot recently. Mm. And would you say that we mentioned it earlier, you, you mentioned it yourself, that putt at Medina seven years ago at the Ryder Cup, was that the most important putt to date for you? Would you say that? or It was the most important golf shot in my career. And I, I don't think there will ever be a more important one. I mean, hopefully not, because it's, (laughs) I mean, not because I'm scared of that outcome or so. It's more, um, this was perfect. And it was a perfect scenario with everybody involved. Um, And I was just glad I was prepared for that situation. And, you know, you can't think about any technique or anything like that. You can just rely on what you put in for the last 15, 18 years um, and just let it happen. Mm. So unfortunately, it worked out well that I hit that thing somehow consistent. What was in your head at the time, though? Were you aware of what, what this putt meant? Yeah, I was standing over the ball, and I know I was aiming too far right at the beginning, and then I made a little bit of adjustment, and I thought, perfect. <laughs> and then I was hearing all the voices, you know, screams and all those things, but I just thought, wow, what a chance. And then I just hit the putt. <laughs> so it was, had nothing really to do with where I actually wanted to aim. Mm-hmm. It was just the moment, the the overall moment was so enjoyable. I mean, I know I can hit a putt from six feet uphill right to left. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. The problem is that surrounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was so good that I was so aware of what was happening. Yeah. Total, total joy. And I had that only three times in my career where I knew, I knew in that moment um, that, I will, that I will have success because there's no option. You know, when you, when you have in life, when you have no option, when you're bankrupt or whatever, then you need to move. You know, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, Ola Saba made it really clear to me that there's no option. <laughs> so, and with my German heritage, maybe it helped. <laughs> you know? That you know what to do and you just deliver. And fortunately, it worked out. It did. Unbelievable. And Julian, to date, can you pick a putt that's been really important to you or a time when it's really meant so much? I mean, to follow that up, winning a ride <laughs> kind of a low blow there. Uh, hopefully I'll have one in the future. I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I try, you know, I haven't had one that with, with such a crazy atmosphere like that and with so much on the line, but I, I, I try to create sort of a, a feeling that I can make every putt mm. and that, um, you know, within reason. And, and so I try to keep that feeling no matter what the situation is. And so that's what I, my... Honest to God, that's my goal going forward is to just do that and see what happens. It must have been pretty special in Denmark, though, when you won. And yeah, part. but that was a short putt. Uh, two putt it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Not quite as dramatic. It was center, uh, though. In the yeah, middle. Yeah, right in the middle. Didn't even yeah. eat my caddy. Um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. But, you know, hopefully there's bigger and better yeah. to come. Can I just ask I mean, don't think you're cheeky, but I've got to ask you this. Uh, Ryder Cup, obviously, um, we've been hearing the stories from Martin there. Um, you watched the Ryder Cup, I'm sure, and, you know, it's becoming bigger and bigger, isn't it? And the rivalry is getting quite, quite big too. I mean, 
you must have that on your radar that you would like to play in the Ryder Cup at some point. Yeah, of course. How does that figure in your brain? What, what, what do you think about? Uh, you know, playing as well as I can, improving as much as I can, because I feel like I love that atmosphere, especially, I mean, the U.S. fans get so rowdy, and I, I love that. Like, I, I love that. And being at Bethpage, and um, I'm originally from New York, and, and I know it's going to be there in 24, I think. Like, you know, I'd like to m- make one ideally before that, but, man, that's... Not only, you know, I want to represent my country. I'm very proud to be an American and, and uh, you know, obviously I'm playing internationally and all that, but um, seeing videos of the, of the, the chanting on, in the 2016 Ryder Cup at Hazeltine on the first tee, you know, on Thursday morning, like it was cold as hell and like they're going nuts. And uh, like, I, I want to be a part of that. It was horrible. Jamie didn't like it quite so much. Was it horrible. cold or? <laughs> oh, no, we're used to the cold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and the rain. No, just being on the opposite side, I think, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? No, it is, it is difficult, isn't it? Going, going, you know, whether it's going to America or Europe, it's difficult. I mean, it is becoming, like I said, a big deal. There is that rivalry, which you, you, you saw it in the beginning, Jamie, but hasn't it changed, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's very difficult to win away from home now, I have to say. I mean, that miracle from Medina, which Martin produced, was a miracle because they were so far behind. But funny enough, when they were 10-6 behind going to the last round, it was actually feeling in the locker room, Martin, wasn't it? That well, I didn't know if I, my match even matters, you know, even the night before. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they needed four points and that's it. Yeah. So, and I was 11th. Mm. I mean, there are 11, 10 groups in front of me. Easily. Anything could happen. And the way they played, I mean, you can get four points out of it. Mm. Didn't work out like that, did it? <laughs> so, who, so listen, who are we going for then? Right, we haven't got your choices yet. Do you want to start with me? Let's start with I'm you, I'm feeling Jamie. embarrassed now. Do you want to go last? Got, first or last? I'll go last. I'll go you, last. You, okay, right. Who wants to go first? Julian. I'll go first. Who, who is the putter for you, the ultimate? I mean, for me, the ultimate putter is, is Tiger, but that's gone. That's off the board. I would say um, the best putter that I've seen... Uh, is Jason Day. He's, uh, I played with him at the PGA last year at Belle Reve, and I thought, you know, it's just money. Like, it's just, like, inside of six, seven feet, like, he makes it in with perfect speed, and it's mm. almost always in the middle. Um, the speed thing is big to me. From outside of eight feet to 25 feet, he makes a good bit of them, mm. but when he doesn't, it's burning the edge, and it's just, it's so close. Um, I, never, I didn't see him come close to three-putting. Like, he's I thought the speed control was, was really impressive, and, and so he, he would get my vote. Mm. Um, Michael? Yeah, I mean, more recently, I guess, a couple of years ago, you might have said Jordan Spieth. I'm not sure if you would bring him into the conversation right at this He's moment. had a funny few years yeah. on the greens, hasn't he? A bit strange. Um, to go from being seemingly looking like he's going to make absolutely everything. Invincible, yeah. Yeah, to then being the complete opposite. It's quite odd. Um, so he's a sort of more recent example. Going back, I guess, Brad Faxon, a lot of people consider him arguably the best putter never to win a major. Uh, I know he's done a lot of work with um, some players on tour. I think he's working with Rory, trying to fix that, I'll just say, it, obvious weakness in his game. Um, but I would, Jamie mentioned him earlier, I would go with Ben Crenshaw, um, that Wilson putter. I mean, yeah. you just think back to that. and It's such a lovely, smooth, even stroke, beautiful tempo. And I think I'm right in saying Augusta, 95, 72 holes he played, there wasn't a three putt in there. It was all one putts or two putts, which around Augusta is just unbelievable. Um, did a lot of great work with his coach, Harry Pennock. So, yeah, for me, the, the best putter. Crenshaw. Crenshaw, yeah. Pick that one. I like it. Honestly, before I get your pick, just want to pick up on the Jordan Spieth 
putting situation. The fact that he, he was brilliant, wasn't he? he? He was known as the best putter in the world. And he has had a funny, a funny time of it with his putting and, and really has lost all form on there. Why, why is that, do you think? I mean, it was super annoying when he putted that well. <laughs> I mean, was, well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, it was very hard. I like hot. it now. <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, now... Yeah, ten strokes on the field at Beth Page. Oh, God. He was plus ten strokes game putting. But there's so many reasons why it's off. You know, sometimes we all have it. We, we putt well, and then you have one or two rounds where you miss maybe a couple of three-footers. And then all of a sudden, it's just the confidence. is yeah. It's not gone, but you lack a little bit of confidence. And that also... Um, can come into 10-footers, 15-footers. Yeah. And, they, I mean, maybe it happened to him. You know, we saw him, um, when you watch a little bit of golf on TV, you, he misses short putts quite often. So, and maybe that can be a reason. It's just a guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, but you don't like to see this. But if you play against him, it's annoying. Mm. <laughs> when he keeps making them. You know, you know you play better, but he scores better. And you feel like, this is not really golf, you know? It's, you need to be good at everything. <laughs> but, and, but it carried him over... I mean, well, yeah, he, he won a lot of tournaments that way, and obviously he's a decent player, but putting really made the difference for him. Mm, absolutely. So who's your player? Luke Donald. Luke Donald. Great, Great. Yeah. Luke Donald. Like why, is, why is that? We're talking about annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I, I played against him in the World Golf Champion event in 2011, and on that Sunday was the final. And in and, and that evening, I became the number one in the world. And I wanted to win the tournament and become the number one in the world. But I had no chance. I had no chance. I, it was very, no, you need to accept that, you know. Um, he was just so, with so much confidence, he stepped onto the green. Um, and after that, um, also in Ryder Cups that we played together, um, the stroke is so smooth, a great rhythm. Um, he understands the, the, the technique behind it, the, the fundamentals of putting. So if I can choose what putting stroke I could, I could have from one player would be Luke's. So it's Luke Donald for you. So we've got Ben Crenshaw, Jason Day, Luke Donald. Jamie, you wanted to go last. I didn't want to go last. I just wanted to hear what they had to say. Yeah, of course really. you did. Yeah, uh, you can't. Yeah, you can't. But are any of these the players that you, you've got uh, down? Go on, tell us. Uh, well, Crenshaw, yeah, um, Luke Donald's a... Fantastic putter. Who, who was yours? Um, Olaf Arbel. Yeah, if I wanted someone to hold a putt for me, it would be him. Uh, he was sensational, absolutely, with the putter. Mm. He wasn't a good driver of the ball, still isn't a good driver. Mm. Always struggle off the tee, Ollie. But as a putter, he won the 984 amateur, beat Colin Montgomery in the final. Um, he played 15 Ryder Cup matches as a, as a pairing with Seve Ballesteros. So they won 12 together. He was just an all... I played quite a bit of golf with Ollie. Uh, yeah. I was paired with him quite a bit. don't know why. And um, say that. great putter. I mean, he just used to drop the ball in the hole. He'd, he'd knock it in with pace. He would read the greens great. Uh, I'd want him. But I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent in this category because I think the three, three names they brought up are... OK, are so you'd be happy to go with, because we would, have got four I, different I, I, We've got four different picks here, and, and uh, yeah, but Ollie, with Ollie for me. Right, so you've gone with Jose Maria Lothalbal. We've got Luke Donald, Jason Day and Ben Crenshaw. We need to decide, guys... On one player. Now oh, yeah. let's have a look at the board. Let's have a look oh, at the fabulous <laughs> ultimate golf. Pardon? You should Me. Get deciding no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting involved. The mental approach: Jack Nicklaus driving, Greg Norman irons, Tiger Woods short game, Seve Ballesteros. It's quite old Who school. Fits? Quite old school board, isn't it? It's, it is quite. Yeah. I, think should, I think we should cross Crenshaw. Off. No disrespect. <laughs> Yeah, but so we'll say no. I think we should go to our major champion on the panel here for this decision. I think. So well. 
Are we going to go with Jason Day? Well, I mean, McDonald, if, yes, if, but if I'm just I thinking... should decide, then obviously I'm not going to go against me. <laughs> 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 that would be my, my choice, yeah. I mean, not Oli. But you give a point. If, if there would be one guy, but not because I know how well he putts, because of the whole person, and if you say he was a great putter... I talked him into it. I mean, if you ask me, I would I'll take... stick to your guns. I would take Luke Donald. Luke Donald. I mean, so, Luke yeah. Donald, how do we feel about these guys? Michael? I'm not going to d- disagree with Luke Donald. <laughs> Absolutely not. He could actually have been in there for the short game as well. Yep. Um, but, yeah, great shout. Yeah. And, and Julian? Yeah, he's got a beautiful putting stroke. For me personally, my rhythm is a little bit closer to Jason Day, so I admire that a lot. But, I mean, he's, he's an amazing putter, obviously, yeah. and that's... Probably the biggest strength of his game. So Luke Donald, are you surprised he's never won a major? Not yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I am. I think I think that those days are gone now. Unfortunately, I think that the way that the distance of the, these guys are hitting the ball now, I think that's just a little bit beyond Luke now. To be honest with you, he's a real control player. Mm. Great short, great short game, really is, and a great competitor as well. Don't forget that he's a, he's a lion in there. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm. So you're happy with? I wouldn't say I'm happy with Luke Donald on the putting. Yeah, no, I'm happy with Luke. Luke is a great putter. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but I don't like this. It's not. It's not. There's no confidence behind that name. <laughs> so so I just asked if he was happy. That's all. <laughs> no, Martin. We're going to stick with that. We're going yeah, to. Like yeah, we're, we're keen on that. Right, Ross. It's Luke Donald putting. It's funny. There's a lot of names that actually haven't come up. There know. are many. I was thinking like that Tom we haven't Watson. talked about Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Yeah. You mentioned Phil Mickelson very briefly. Yeah. Rory McIlroy very briefly. Nick Faldo. Nick Faldo. Other other greats as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anybody we've left out? Because you can, this is your final, you know, this is the time to, to have a look at that board. We've got the ultimate golfer right now, mental approach, Jack Nicklaus, driving Greg Norman, iron play, Tiger Woods, short game, Seve Ballesteros, and putting is Luke Donald. Anything you're not happy with? Because this is the ultimate. You don't like it, do you? Oh, what are you not like happy it? with, Jamie? No, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just... So tell me what you're not happy with. Um, I think when you're talking greats of the game, I think someone, I think they should have won a major championship. That's, 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 so Luke, you don't want on there. I, I'd say I don't want him on there because I know <laughs> I, I, what a good putter Poor he was. Poor Luke. But, but I think you should. You know, I'm thinking he was a world number one, obviously. Um, but Martin's a world number. Martin's a good one, some putter as well. Long time. Two-time major champion. So I, 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 I just don't know whether you should. The category should, should be on performance as well. And so you'd be happy. Luke's a top player, obviously. Listen. If Jose was up there, Jose Maria was up there. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. But, but I, can't, I can't argue against him. Would I want Luke putting for me? Absolutely. If you would compare Olazabal and Luke Donald, if they would put, have a putting match against each other? Jose Maria all day long. For me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. for me. And you don't bear, agree bear with that? Bear in mind, Jose Maria was... Oh, it's so difficult. It's so unfair it so difficult, to say. Yeah. It would be so unfair to say one is better than another. It is, yeah. This thing is we're talking about the greatest of all time, not someone who was great, yeah. someone who's the best. Lauren Roberts, great putter. Yeah, Lauren Roberts. Lauren Roberts yeah. didn't win a major. Steve Stricker's a half a Stricker, yeah. Not too bad, is he? I said this, I said this category this would be is, tough, yeah, by the way. This is a difficult category. Putting is the worst category. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. It's so it hard is, to yeah. towards the yeah. others. Yeah. I think we've got to stick with our major champion. So we're going to stick with Luke Donald. Any other areas that we're not happy with? I mean, listen, you can't not be happy, really, no, no. can you? No, Pretty solid, solid player. Greg Norman, Tiger Woods, Sevabalasteros, and Luke Donald. We've cracked it, Kirsty. We've cracked we've it. We've cracked it. I think what that about, is the ultimate goal. Best player in the 19th hole. What about that? 
Who knows? <laughs> you, probably you, but this is no, not me. I no. Do you like another drink? Maybe later. <laughs> no, guys, thank you so much, all of you. Absolutely brilliant. I feel like we, yeah, we haven't talked about so many players, but it is difficult, isn't it? It is. Um, you feel like you're leaving people out, but we have come to this conclusion. Thanks everybody for being here as well. Uh, that's about it from this very special episode of the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Many thanks to our panel. Please thank our panel, Julian Suri, Jamie Spence, Michael McEwen, and also Martin Keimer as well. Good luck this week as well, guys. Uh, remember, you can subscribe and listen to Life on Tour on Acast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio in demand. But for now, from me, Kirsty Gallagher, here at the Hilton Munich Park Hotel, it's goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. You can get in touch via Twitter and Instagram at European Tour using the hashtag Life on Tour or on Facebook. Subscribe now and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts.